Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige, and this is a Skull Edition covering the massive triumph over the Cheeseheads of Wisconsin. The 23-7 victory over the Green Bay Packers was a very sweet one in Kevin O'Connell's debut. A lot of things to pull. Justin Jefferson's massive game. Clean and efficient performance by Kirk Cousins. And most impressively, the defense showing up and showing out, making key plays when they need to, needed to, to keep that game out of reach for Aaron Rodgers and company. We dive into our reactions there, plus preview what we expect to see Monday night when they play in Philadelphia against one of the teams I hate the most, the Philadelphia Eagles. And there's lots of reasons why. We'll get into that in this episode and more on this episode of the His and Hers Podcast, Skull Edition. All righty, Paige. Week one. Oh, baby. It's the first time we've been one and oh um since was it was it nineteen? Yeah, when we beat who do beat a home that year. I'm trying to think how we opened. Oh, I'm spacing because we played Niners and Kirk Cousins first game as a Minnesota Viking. And then we played at home against who? Little quiz. People on the other end probably being pissed because they know off rip because i know we played in green bay week two of that year we played the falcons the falcons that's right yeah uh we had a block punt early uh adam Thielen scored the first touchdown of the year that was a really that was a fun year beat the saints in the playoff game that year first time we started one and oh since 2019 when we beat the falcons at home how's it feel to be one and oh page what were your instant reactions to that game Instant reactions, the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl. There we go. Here we go. There we go. The offense we got. No. Okay. How much, how fun was it to see the Vikings offense just kind of unleashed? The pre-snap movement, I think, was so much fun to watch. Kevin O'Connell had that team moving all the way, all over the field, and it just converted into some insane yardage. Vikings score on the first drive down the field, and the whole game, offense was just going like it was just smooth I think last year we'd have these really frustrating moments of like we would drive down on the first play of the game and score a touchdown and then wouldn't score for three quarters after that and it's just so annoying in those moments there's like that little bit of trepidation of like oh no we scored the first drive what does this mean it's like the same thing about the Eagles game in 2018 but um so it was just so fun to see Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins kind of unleashed. Like it was like the play calling was what we wanted the play calling to be last year. And Justin Jefferson was just targeted so many times. And it's just showing us that like he's going to be the top receiver in the league if he is coached the right way and targeted the right amount of times. Oh, unbelievably. So he had an average of four yards of separation on every route he ran, which attributes his route running, but also attributes to the game plan that Kevin O'Connell's laying out there because of the confusion he was able to lay out. I think that first drive was beautiful in a lot of ways, but I think what it showed is we got down fourth and one inside the five, and there wasn't a hesitation on his end to be aggressive and to go for it. I felt like Zimmer a lot of the times would only do it because he didn't want to have to hear about it, but he, you know, there's a lot of times he didn't do it because it's just who he was. It was hard for him to actually change. 
So to see a coach, no thought, had a great play in mind with a pre-snap movement, fake jet sweep, but hit Jeff Jefferson on the flat for an easy touchdown. But really the encapsulation of what I think Kevin O'Connell is going to do for the Vikings is I think the culture's changed a lot. And we can, you know, we've talked about that a little bit, but I think you can see it in Kirk because I think the perfect play is that one, we so we stop them on the goal line. It's still seven nothing game. It's not like we've really created a, any separation at this point. Um, we stop them at the one yard line and we get a first down. We get another one through a combination of running and passing. But then there's like this middle part where the clock's starting to run down and they and the pocket starts to break down on Kirk. He steps up, kind of ad libbing lofts one up to a crossing route to Jefferson and it's a 65 yard uh scamper to get us inside um inside field goal range so we, we because of aggressiveness and great play calling we took starting the ball at the one and we and stopping them on downs and turn it into three points for for the good guys and i think that's kind of what you're going to see is that it's attack it's attack and attack and that's what adam Thielen said after the game he's never been a part of an offense that just is always on the attack and trying to score points, not just trying to not mess it up, which I think is what Mike Zimmer was having in place while he, you know, towards the end of his tenure in particular. Yeah, agreed. And it's just so fun to see. I mean, just some fun stats to think about just to compare it to last year. Last year, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but last year, Justin Jefferson only saw 24% of his targets against a linebacker or safety in primary coverage. On Sunday, it was at 60%, and that turned into five receptions for 148 yards and two TDs. No, 100, 184 yards. 148 on his targets against oh, the okay. linebackers. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and so he ended, and then obviously the 40, the 40 yards on a different coverage set. But it's just so exciting to see that Kirk Cousins, like, I think that it just, I don't want to harp on this too much because we're going to, obviously we have a, we have 17 more weeks of football to watch, but I think you could just see a difference in cousins and having a coach that seems to have confidence and trust in him and cousins decision-making. You could just see in the way that he was playing that he knew he had trust from Jefferson to Thielen to cook to Osborne to O'Connell on the sideline. Like there's, it was just a different Vikings team than we have seen. And I just think it's so exciting to kind of see that Kevin O'Connell's excitement and energy that he brought to the sidelines. I think it's just exactly what Kirk Cousins and all of these guys needed to kind of play at the level that they could. That's always been inside of them, but was kind of being held back by play calling and tendencies of past coaches. Yeah. And I think at the post game, um, in the locker room after that game, you know, Kirk Cousins got two games balls, handed one out to O'Connell, handed out one to Quasey, and, you know, gave a speech. And, you know, honestly, I know when he first got here in, uh, in his first season, it became a thing where he was trying to do the pregame speech to hype the guys up and to get them in the right headspace. But since then, I had, you know, he hadn't really seen it. And I don't know if it's because he kind of just felt like his voice had been neutralized a little bit on the you know past regime and like you said there's really no reason to harp on it but i think it's important because i think what we're going to see this year is a, is a cousins when it's amazing what b people behind you if they believe in you the people that voices matter and if they actually believe that you can accomplish what you've been signed to do i think it unlocks potential in people i think that's why matt stafford went to la and was able to be successful because mcveigh went out and got him he wanted yeah. him, brought him in, and empowered him 
so that he can accomplish more than what he was doing in Detroit. So I think there's a similar vibe and similar situation. And I mean, Jefferson was already feasting going in, you know, in years one and two, he's broken records for what wide receiver has done. So it's just going to be unbelievable. He mentioned before the year, I want to be wide receiver one. I want to hit 2000 yards. And after week one, doesn't seem like it's too far fetched. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> you like that? You, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, obviously, it sets some stuff up good. What are you know? What are some other takeaways that you had? Um, so fun to see Daniel Hunter and Zadaria Smith kind of working together um, on that D line. Oh, it was they so stay healthy. Oh, one of my favorite one of my favorite plays from the all of Sunday was Aaron Rodgers taking that hit against Darius Smith trying to block for his team. Did you see that play mm -hmm. when he bounced off of him and the back and forth on that was awesome. But yeah, they are just Darius Smith and Daniel Hunter, man, that's two, two guys you do not want running at you. And it was so fun to see them in action. And I think it's one of the ones that's gotten really not talked about because both have been hurt. But there was a time two years ago when Zadarius Smith was being talked about as a top three, top five defensive player in the league, and particularly in terms of pass rushing, his his disrupts, I think it was his first year in Green Bay, his disruption rate, his amount of QB pressures. I remember the Monday Night Football game that the Vikings played against the Packers in that 2019 season where it was kind of for the division title. Um, it was in Minnesota, again, Monday Night Football late in the year. And we couldn't move the ball because Zadarius Smith was living in the backfield. And I believe in that game, he finished with nine pressures. So to have him on our side doing that, if him and if him and Daniel Hunter can stay healthy, I think they're going to be the best tandem of pass rushers in the league because you can move Zadarius Smith. I mean, one of his sacks, he came from when he was lined up at a defensive tackle spot. He moves out to an outside standing linebacker. Daniil Hunter can be swapped and rush either side. So it's just the reason that's important is because it's hard for an offensive line to game plan for that and to know how to attack it if you're just constantly moving your chess pieces around the board. Option. Yeah, no, I think that obviously the biggest question going into Sunday, I think for all Vikings fans was the defense. I think that we all had a good feeling about offense. Obviously, we've got a pretty incredible triple uh like threat going on between Thielen, Jefferson, and Cook. And I mean, love to throw like Madison and Osborne, like they're big playmakers. Like Madison had some big runs, not necessarily like huge yardage, but when he got the ball, like he was pounding through like four or five yard runs that were really progressing us down the field. And so it's just kind of, I think the biggest question for all Vikings fans going in was like defense. Like that was our biggest issue. And to see our defense stand up the Packers in the red zone multiple times, times was just like a sigh of relief for all Vikings fans everywhere especially when it's like the third quarter and you know Packers go down and they score a touchdown and so all Vikings fans are getting a little bit nervous of like okay we're still up but uh we've seen this happen before where like nice. they like other teams come back especially a team like that has Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback so we're all biting our nails obviously we're all in the family group chat like getting a little bit nervous about what's about to go down because of the lack of trust in the defense and so I think it was just the best thing ever to see our defense just keep pressuring them keep standing them up and keep having big plays that prevented them from scoring and so it was just so exciting to kind of see that like yes the things that we were most concerned about the Vikings clearly made improvements on and our defense 
they only let Aaron Rodgers and the Packers score seven points, which is awesome for awesome. compared to what we gave up last year. Yeah, I mean, the big thing, they didn't give up points in between the end of the first half and the beginning of the, or the end of the second half, which if we just would have done that last year, I think we would have went 13 and four. So mm-hmm. not, not obviously that's possible to keep up to the entirety, but if we just don't set the uh, the record for the most given up, I think we'll be all right. So, and it's amazing where those, you know, how those games are, you know, won in those moments because we score the touchdown to go up 17, nothing right before the end of the half, there's about 50 seconds left and Aaron Rodgers gets the ball and he has a couple timeouts, or I think at that point he had one, he had used two. So he has one timeout, 50 seconds. Aaron Rodgers scored a touchdown in that situation at the very least getting a field, gotten a field goal. Very first play or second play of that drive. We pick it off to seal it, knowing that we're going into halftime up 17, nothing. And then to begin the half, we get the fumble and, you know, we go up 20, nothing. And obviously the rest kind of played out itself. Very, very strong start. What does it mean going forward to the Eagles? The Eagles played the Lions. They win 38-35. Um, that game was on red zone a lot. I don't, you know, it's funny watching red zone. I, I prefer to watch red zone um, when I'm just, the Vikings aren't playing because it just gets, you know, gets the action and it, there's no commercials. It's like football. But there's flows to games that you don't see. Like you don't see how those touchdowns are scored. I know that the Eagles were up big at one point. I think they were up 38 to 21 and 35, 21. And then, you know, are those garbage time touchdowns? I'm not entirely sure. All I know is they beat the Lions. Jalen Hurts looked really good and A.J. Brown looked really good. How do you think the Vikings um, go into Philadelphia and take another step towards showing that they're a, a true playoff and title contender this year? Yeah, I think this is one of those, it's like a lot of people, one, a lot of people were get betting against the Vikings going into the game on Sunday. But then there was also quite a few people in, especially like different sports and analysts, especially NFL analysts that were talking about how they were picking the Vikings as an upset against the Packers. I mean, kind of similar reasons that everyone was of like, oh, the receiver game is kind of questionable in Packers. This is kind of the time to capitalize on them coming out first game of the season. So I think it was about 50 50 split of like people who were like dead set that like I mean Skip Bayless is like there's no way the Vikings are winning that game Green Bay is going to win it there's no way Vikings win and so it's like I think that this one was kind of like an eye-opener of like oh hey like the Vikings are good I mean all week long it's like everybody to me hey Paige the Vikings looked really good I got about 150 text messages on Sunday afternoon of like the Vikings and then like the eye emoji and so it's like they're kind of like people are starting to be like yeah 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 But I think that like week two win against the Eagles is going to be like a definitive moment of like, yes, the Vikings are going to be contenders this year or the Green Bay Packers were just really like they just had a bad start. The Vikings started out good and the Green Bay Packers were weak. Um, So I'm really excited for the Eagles game. I think obviously I honestly I take Kirk Cousins over Jalen Hurts in a matchup. I just think that Kirk Cousins, more veteran, a little bit, like a little bit calmer under pressure. The one concern, obviously, that everyone is going to bring up is that Kirk Cousins doesn't generally play well in primetime games. And so because it is a Monday night football game, that's probably the talking line that we're going to hear. But I'll also argue that Kirk Cousins has never had an offensive system like the one he's currently in. Um, He's never played in that type of environment. I think that he's always been playing 
kind of as the underdog for the most of the time. And I think that with the offense that he has, the cadences that we saw on Sunday and with the defense playing like they did, I think it's going to be a good game. But I do see, I'm going to see the Vikings coming out on top of this one just because of the veterans that we have. And I mean, I take Justin Jefferson over A.J. Brown and I, Kirk Cousins over Jalen Hurts. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, you know, that primetime narrative was particularly hitting um, when he first came over. And I know they got off to a slow start in those primetime games when he uh, first, you know, came over. Last year, he played in two of them, uh, or actually played in three of them. He played a Thursday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers and then played in a Monday night against the Chicago Bears. Went two and zero in those. We lost to Green. We didn't even. He didn't even play when we played Green Bay Sunday Night Football. So last year went two and zero in prime time, and and in the last couple of years, I believe he has like a four and one record. So and that's including Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday Night Football. Um, actually, I guess we lost. So he went two and one last year because we lost to the Cowboys that Cooper Rush game. Don't talk about it. That. That you know that goes back to the old regime, so I think I think that stat's been a blade over like talked about beat a dead horse. I don't think there's a lot that I like to hear about that because I think it's just so stupid. Like one of those uh, things that when you're a young when you're a young quarterback in the NFL and that's kind of like what becomes like what you're known for that it just follows you for the rest of time. no matter. And it's like the stat of you know he well it's like the old talk points. Well, Kirk, you know, once someone's up in his face, he doesn't do very well. One, any quarterback that has a guy in his face historically doesn't throw the ball very well. It's like it's like when, when they say, how do you beat Tom Brady? You get inside pressure on him. Okay. Put a hand in his face. Yeah, put a hand in his face. Like, okay, yes, but how easy is it actually to do that? Not very easy. And then you go back and you look at stats, and last year under pressure, Kirk Cousins was actually a top five-rated quarterback by PFF. And you can give or take what you think of PFF, but at least it's some type of grading system that they seem to be pretty, um, you know, uh, consistent with. And then last week, who was the highest quarterback under one face with pressure? Kirk Cousins, eight, like 88.7 is the grade it gave him when he had someone in or around him making a throw. So I think he's going to face some interior pressure because the, the weakness of their offensive line for the Vikings is the center position. I really feel like they got the left tackle and right tackle good. And I really feel good about N. Ingram um, as the right guard. And Cleveland has shown flashes. Just really don't like the center, Garrett Bradbury. And the Eagles have Jordan Davis, the UGA Bulldog national champion from last year, the rookie this year. He's a big freak. And Garrett Bradbury has struggled against big, freaky nose tackles. Um, throughout his entire career, career, the most notably, the one that I just always see in my brain is Akeem Hicks for the Chicago Bears. Um, thankfully, I don't even know what team he's on right now, but I know, oh, he's on the Tampa Bay Bucks, but he's not on the Bears. So that's all I don't need to know. Um, that's what gives me nervousness because quick interior pressure thwarts your running game, will slow down our offensive attack. How many five, six, you know, seven step drops we can do to really get those overarching routes from Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Um, that gives me some nervousness, but obviously their defense isn't very good if they gave up 35 points to the Lions. I don't know. That's kind of my thought. 
<laughs> yeah, agreed. Well, and it's like, yeah, Bradbury's just kind of been questionable. We've kind of hit on that. Oh, more than questionable. He sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> He's trash. I don't he want him on the team. Well, we'll just hope that this is kind of his redemption year where it's like, oh, he, he didn't growing pains and then did not get off to a good start last week. Um, and so, but one thing I do think is that last week we didn't like, we did see some good runs, but we didn't see like insane running from Dalvin cook. And so did you know he finished with 90 yards. Yeah. And I, I, so that's, I kind of expect to see more running from wow. with like the weaknesses that we have in Bradbury. I do foresee like more yardage coming from Dalvin cook. Um, and so excited to see what our run game is able to do against the Eagles. Yeah, I, I think the game is going to be really good. Uh, I think, that, you know, Hurts prevents a challenging matchup. A.J. Brown looked like he's going to be a very consistent target for him. Uh, it's a different type of quarterback than what you faced in Aaron Rodgers week one. And the difference is you had five months to make the game plan that you wanted to for Aaron Rodgers. You get, you know, seven days, six days to do one for Jalen Hurts. Um, how do they change up what they saw? How well can we play on the road? Because obviously playing in Philadelphia at night in their home opener is going to be a whole different set of problems. Like how good are we going to be? Because, you know, key thing when it comes with new coaches, one of the things Nathaniel Hackett struggled with in that Monday night football game was just getting the plays in, just choosing a play and getting them into his quarterback because they had two delay of games. Um, they were rushing a lot of things, which again affects a lot of parts because it lets a defensive line jump your snap. Because if he sees a play cock at zero, he knows I can start moving. Because if they don't snap it, that's fine because you know they're gonna delay a game or else I get a free rush on a sack anyway. So there's gonna be a lot of factors to the game day experience on the road in that rowdy environment that we get to see Kevin O'Connell handle and how well we handle it will be, you know, kind of determining if you know we win the game or not. No, I'm getting nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited, though. should be a lot of fun. It's a doubleheader. We play the same time as the Bills and Titans. Um, I think there's a lot to look forward to. So I'm looking forward to it. Nothing like playing a Monday Night Football. Well, I mean, Eagles are currently favored by plus two um, for the game by two points. Um, so Are they plus two? Or are they minus two? Minus two. Favored minus two. Okay, okay. Um, two. So I think that I don't know. I like I like people not being too caught up on the Vikings. I think that's when we perform our best is when people underestimate our ability. So everybody just keep voting for the Eagles to win and then the Vikings will pull it out. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point. It, you know, this is a good chance for him. We talked about, you know, extensively in our preview podcast that the opening slate to their schedule was a good opportunity for them to get off to a really quick start. Luckily, I don't feel like this will, this loss would, you know, make or break. That, yeah, it won't, you know, kind of negate the success that was week one because it is such a raucous environment because they got the Lions at home. They go to London to play the Saints, which I don't think much of the Saints. They're home against the Bears at Dolphins and then home against the Cardinals. I think even if they don't win against the Eagles, I think you're staring at – and then they play at Washington. I think there's six straight games where they either favored or, I mean – really close on the road even with the team which you know could get them you know in the position where they start really really fast so i'm excited for this game i'm excited for the season week one gave me lots of good feels i'm hopefully we they just keep building and there's a lot of videos that come out of practice that just kind of show you 
this is just like a fun place to be right now. It's just a fun place for guys to go to work, quote unquote, and to play football. And you can tell that they enjoy playing for Coach O'Connell. So hopefully the good vibrations. It's easy to do that when you win because if that whole momentum would have happened and then they got their butts kicked in Green Bay, then it's like this loose, happy-go-lucky type of environment is not conducive to winning football games. Well, you got your first stamp of approval. Hopefully they can keep building upon that. Yeah, and just to aid in kind of the the scheduling of it and how it could go in the Vikings' favor, just a fun fact that people might not know because it's a really random statistic. The Eagles are 3-13 and 13 in their last 16 Week 2 games. For some reason, <laughs> Eagles struggle Week 2 uh, in, in the NFL. And so I kind of like that matchup for, for uh, Minnesota in the fact that, one, just to recap, the Eagles um, looked vulnerable against the one the run in Week One, which yes. mean that Dalvin Cook and Al- and Alexander Madison pop off, and also like I think that obviously I think for both of these teams the highlight is the offense. I think the defense for both of them is th- where their weak spots lie, for sure. and so it could end up in like a fun um, like it's going to end up on whoever has the ball last. But I just think that Justin Jefferson compared to the pass rush um, of the Eagles is kind of like a nightmare for them. I think Justin Jefferson will just go off. But I think that the one thing that has me the most concerned is like we talk about the Vikings Packers, that first play that Rodgers ran and he threw that ball to Watson. If that ball is caught, it's a touchdown. And that entire game is different. And so – um, it's just interesting to think about like the like the Packers wide receivers really did play very poorly. They dropped a lot of passes. And so interested to see like from the Vikings pass coverage, what it looks like against a quarterback and a receiver like AJ Brown, where they're he's not going to be dropping passes the way that the rookies and the Packers were. So just curious to kind of see how that plays out. But hopefully we'll just capitalize and make uh, the Eagles three and fourteen. Uh, in their week two starts. <laughs> wow. Great stat. That's a great stat right there. Uh, yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot to be intrigued by this game. Uh, we'll probably more than likely see the debut of Lewis Seen, uh, our first-round pick. It doesn't seem like Andrew Booth, he had a quad injury he suffered, I believe, just in the second quarter. It was pretty quick. Uh, nothing season ending, but he probably won't make, he probably won't be there to play in week two. Uh, but seeing the debut of Lewis, Lewis scene will be pretty cool because of the different packages, um, that he'll be able to run. Cause Harrison Smith Cam Bynum in the secondary seem to be a pretty good duo camera dancer. I mean, because that, that 175 yard mistake that was dropped was on Patrick Peterson. And it just didn't seem like he was ready to go. I just I don't know if he didn't expect it to be opened up like that so early. Nobody expected it to be opened up like oh, that. Which is up. why they probably did it. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, it didn't work. Uh, but hopefully, they'll be more better prepared to think. Maybe they'll probably try and take a shot at me this game too. So I'm excited. Skull baby. Skull Vikings. Let's win this game. Yeah, that's right. Honor your name. Go get a first down, then get a touchdown. Rock them, sock them. Fight, 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 fight. That's right. Run Thank up the you. Score. You'll hear us yell for more. V I K I N G S. Skull Vikings. Let's go. <laughs> that was has been the Skull Nation edition of the His and Hers podcast. We will recap. We have our preview pod coming out tomorrow. 
then or today our preview pod will drop and that concludes the skull nation edition we have our preview pod coming previewing, previewing week two across the league and then you'll get our instant reaction to the minnesota viking game monday night we'll record a special pod for that concluding right after the conclusion of the monday night game be sure to check that one out to get your instant gut reaction to hopefully a joyous happy week two win in Philadelphia.